saints this morning I just want to speak briefly on this one issue. Living by conviction. When you read in Colossians chapter 1 from verse 28, Paul speaking of the mystery of Jesus. Christ in us the hope of glory who was hidden before but he has been revealed to us now. And in the revelation of Christ Paul says in him was hidden this reality that all the Gentiles will be reconciled to God. As he says in verse 28 we proclaim him admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end, I labor, struggling with all his energy which so powerful works in me. Paul says, if you see me exhausted, if you see me working hard, if you see the power of God working in me, the end to which I labor, if you see me admonishing people, encouraging them, teaching them, is so that I can present them perfect in Christ. In other words, he says, God has given me a mandate to worry about something I would not care about. People. But, then he says, verse, chapter 2, verse 1, I want you to know how much I'm struggling for you and for those at Laodicea. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So Paul says to us, I, I, I work so hard so that you may not be deceived. So in other words, 
as I come as I preach to you my hope in God is that you will be firm in Jesus that whatever happens to you you will know that God has your best interest at heart that whatever you go through the hardships the pains, the trials, the tribulations your faith will not be shaken. That you will not shrink back. But that when you stand before God, God will be proud of you. That whatever the devil is using to draw your attention from God, I am struggling for you that when you stand before God, you would not have straight. So he says, that's what I do. And I want you to have a complete understanding of the fact that in Christ there are treasures hidden for you. People go to great lengths to get treasures. They go to the depth of the sea. They go to places unexplored to get gold, to get diamonds. But he says, I want you to know there's greater treasures hidden for you in Christ. There is wisdom beyond average wisdom. There is understanding beyond natural understanding. And I want you to capture these things. And when you have captured these things, what the world has to offer will be nothing in the light of what you have. And he says, I labor hard for them. Then he says, I want to make sure that I would not have ran in vain. In other words, when I look at your life as your pastor laboring hard that Christ may be fully formed I want to be sure that I did not run in vain. I want to be sure that when I present you before God I will present you as a proud steward to say Jesus here's the diamond you sent me to refine here's the gold you sent me to refine and here it is sparkling as you intended and so over time as we were discussing with the elders and everyone they were on my case when are you resting I started also thinking about what has happened since the 9th of March last year what has what is it that has exhausted us what can we say this is the product of our exhaustion and I asked myself if anyone was to ask members of our church what are you famous for as a church what will our members say and I, I started to have concerns and fears in my heart that some of them will say 
We are famous for fellowship. We are famous for providing it after church. We are famous for good doctrine. People will mention so many things. But none of them will say, We are famous for loving Jesus. Absolutely. And it's it scared me that we can produce people laboring hard who can never stand and say since I went to that church my focus on Jesus has been strengthened. My faith in Jesus has been strengthened. My love for Jesus has become absolute. And so I started asking myself, after one takes a break, what is our next season of loving Jesus looking like? In my leading, in our leading with the team that we lead with, what does our next season of serving Jesus look like? And what is, does the next season of this church look like? And I'm asking myself, in your next season, as a child of God, what will your fellowship with Jesus look like? In this journey that we are in, there's no stagnancy. There's nothing like I'm stagnant. There's always movement. Either forward or backward. Today, you either love Jesus more or less than yesterday. Today, by end of today, you would have obeyed Jesus more or less than yesterday. Today, depending on how committed you are to your passion for Jesus, the sin that you overcame yesterday, when you were in love with Jesus, will overcome you today when you are less in love with Jesus. There's no going forward or backward. But what does your next season of loving Jesus look like? So, Three things are just three points I just want to share with us this morning. In Matthew chapter 5, I'm reading from verse 33. Jesus says, Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not break your oath, but keep the oath you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Jesus 
And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. Simply let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil ones. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I'm reading from verse 18. Paul says, But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no. But in him it was it has always been yes. Hone Jesus Christ the Moro Mudimu yor yor Morari le Mokolona ibon nalis lisilifano liti motio haaka anna e lenyaya mimoho ene hunte hole e. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, and so through Him the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Hone lefa hone kana lili pole lota Mudimu dili kai di e mimoho ene. So, here's the first thing. If we all are going to live by conviction, from the 9th of March, one has been involved with lives. Marriages, people, their finances, and one has seen how many struggle. How many here are here and there? And then you begin to see as a pastor that gradually. More and more people don't have a conviction about how they live. They don't have a firm belief about this is where I stand. And no argument will move me from here. No philosophy will move me from here. People generally don't have the absolute truth in their lives. So they don't have absolute yes and absolute no. People don't know what they have said yes to and what they have said no to. And as you work with people, you realize Jesus says even in the context of your relationship with God, if you want to live for God, don't even make oaths. Don't start bargaining with him. Don't say, God, if you do this, I'll do that. He says, let your yes about your commitment be yes. And let your no be no. And I find that the more you listen to people, people no longer have conviction. People have lots of gray areas. People argue about so many things. If you ask them, do you love Jesus? 
anticipating what question you are going to ask them after that. And instead of, yes, I unashamedly love Jesus. They say it depends on what you mean. What do you understand? The Bible is very clear. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. Isn't it? Doesn't Jesus say that? Straightforward. So if we say, do you love Jesus? We are asking you, are you committed to absolutely not tolerate Jesus but obey him? It's not a trick question. It's a straightforward question. Do you sleep around? It, it depends what you mean. What do you understand me to be meaning? I mean exactly that. <laughs> Except the fact that you want to be on the right and on the left. You can't give a straight yes or no. So friends, Here's what it means. For all of us who want to live by, by, by conviction, let us know for sure what are we saying yes to. Let us know for sure what we are saying no to. And let us stand there. Most people can't set boundaries. Why? Because they are afraid if they say no, they will seem like they are pompous. You know, we used to go around to party together. In your heart, you don't want to shame the name of Jesus. But you have no conviction because you are scared of disappointing people. You are scared of appearing as an insensitive person. You are scared of disappointing others. You are scared of being labeled. And therefore, you always reason this way. I actually don't like it. But you know, sometimes you have to accommodate. Friends, let your yes be and let your no be. That way, everyone knows where they stand with you. Then we don't debate. Is it wrong to cohabit? We don't have that debate. We are very clear about what we Amen. So point number one, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Point number two, live for the highest eternal good. There is nothing in eternity that will surpass salvation for others and God's glory. Now listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm reading from verse 12. Everything is permissible for me, but nothing, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. 
ke letleletse tsotlhe mme ga di mme ga di ga di thusi tsotlhe ke letleletse tsotlhe mme ga ke leseletse sepe sa tsona go ntaola food for the stomach and the stomach for food but god will destroy them both the body is not for meant for sexual immorality but for the lord and the lord for the body dijo ke tsa mpa ke ya dijo mme modimo o tla dinyeletsa ka bobedi jwa tsona mmele ona in chapter 10 verse 23 he says he repeats it again he says everything is permissible but not everything is beneficial everything is permissible but not everything is constructive nobody should seek his own good but the good of others so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do it all for the glory of God do not cause anyone to stumble whether Jews, Greek or the church of God even as I try to please everybody in every way for I am not seeking my own good but the good of many so that they may be saved se khopisi mba juta gongwe ba gerika le semphutego ya modimo ja ka le nna ke itumedisa botlhe mo go ke itumedisa botlhe mo go tsotlhe ke sa batle thusego ya me me ke batla ya ba bantsi gore ba pholosiwe follow my example as i follow the example of christ namba itsi ba me ja ka le nna ke le moetsi wa ga kraseto paul says everything is permissible paul wa re dilo tsotlhe di letleletswe but not everything is beneficial. What does he mean? He says not everything reaches the highest good. If something that does not lead others to salvation, it is not good, it is not beneficial. If something does not bring God glory, it is not beneficial. So he says as far as God is concerned, whatever you do, seek his glory. You know God shares everything with us except his glory. God shares his power with us, you know that. God shares his image with us. He, he has poured his love in our hearts. God shares his spirit with us. You know but you know God says I am God and there is no other and i will share my glory with no other so everything that god does is for his glory the, the highest good of god's intention is his glory therefore if we compromise god's glory in what we do we don't have firm convictions when we sacrifice other people's salvation in what we do whether we are right in what we do we are not living according to godly convictions and here's my observation of us as a church and take no offense it's not that i know what you do have you realized that other people go for what is permissible without even thinking about whether it's beneficial? 
Awetse tlhoko re batho ba bang ba dira dilo tse di letleletsweng ba sakanya gore ana di na le molemo. Paul says two things. Paulo bua dilo tse pe. He says for me I will not be mastered by everything. Are nga se laolwe nga se laolwe ke sepe. Two. Sabobedi. All these things that are not beneficial will not they are not constructive. Therefore I will not do them. Dilo tso tletsetse di sna molemo ga di ga di age ga di age ka go beka mo ga ntla ke. Why? Because they become a stumbling block to others. And the Bible says, when I do them, I am no longer walking in love. Can I step on your toes? Is that okay? Go and check your Facebook posts, some of you. Embarrassing. As you post, you forget the highest good. I mean, some of the, the posts of members of our church, they embarrass me. I wish I can just transfer the person to another church right there. <laughs> Member of the permissibility church. Eh? You have not seen those. I mean, shocking stuff. Unmarried people posting, kissing, and I think, let's just The unfortunate thing is the person is, in any case, whether it makes no difference. The best thing would be to ask that person to go to another church. You are starting to think about those things you are posting. Some of you, your profiles. I mean, scary stuff, eh? I mean, I saw some of our ladies, the stuff but they... God, what are we teaching these people? Are they even hearing us? I mean, the way they dress coming to church. I mean, some of these things, guys. And sometimes I want to come to you and tell you that. You are dressed very badly. But you see, at that very time, if I can say to you, you will be broken the whole week. And so I'm like, God, let me pray until I... It is permissive. It is your clothes, but it's not beneficial. It's not constructive. You want to show others that I am free. So you post drinking beer with your friends. We are free, and then you put a vest. The Bible says, the Bible does not say do not drink. It says do not get drunk. How stupid can you get now? Do you know how many people are going to fall on the account of you posting and drinking? Is it wrong that you are having your sip? It is permissive. Is it beneficial? Does it lead others to salvation? Does it bring God glory? You don't have convictions. You are not aware that what you do affects so many lives. And as such, you will stand before God and have to account for that. That is why Jesus says, it is better for you to have a millstone hung 
around your neck and you are thrown into the sea. Then cause others to stumble and fall. He says to the Pharisees, you travel miles and miles to make a convert. But when the convert is here, you turn him into seven times the son of hell. Isn't it amazing that we can preach the gospel and people become part of us? They think I've escaped the world. But then they get here and think, I'm in a more corrupt place. No convict. You got to listen to We must not withhold everything that will help you to be the best self, isn't it? Because when you do these things, you forget that everything has an end to it. Point number three. Live for the moment of reckoning or standing before the judgment seat of God. People who live with the conviction that they will stand before God. They understand what Revelation 21 means. In fact, chapter 20 from verse 11. In chapter 20 verse 11, John writes, Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Earth and the sky fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Verse 15. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. What is our job? As far as you are concerned. Our job is that your name is favorably written in both type of books. Number one, your name should be found in the book of life. So that is why we tell you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He's the way, the truth, and the life. There's no one who will go to the Father except you. If you don't, the Bible says, if your name is not found 
You will be thrown into the lake of fire. What does that mean? You rejected salvation here on earth. But you came to Cosmo City Church every Sunday. What a sad end for your life. Two. Everyone was judged according to what was written in the books. And in the books are written everything. The Bible says we'll give account for the idle words we speak. So we try to help you to speak properly so that you are not a gossip. But in your heart, you don't have the conviction that I need to be a truthful person. All your favorite programs. The latest. What? Goboza. So everything that is paparazzi. Is your favorite content. When you open a newspaper or anything, guess where you go. When you switch TV, television. If they show sharks and dolphins, These are the white. These are the white people's things. And we labor. We try to make you aware. The eyes are the gates to your heart. The ears are the gate to your heart. And as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Guard your heart with all diligence. Be careful what you allow in. Hey, Muruti, you don't understand. Eh? I'm following five soapies. I mean, can I be honest with you? My sermons cannot cope with five, can, they cannot compete with five soapies. I mean, you hear my sermon once a week. And you hear the soapies five each day for five days. 25 episodes against one sermon where you were half asleep. Ah, let's, let's be honest. It's an unfair competition between the word of God that is supposed to bring you life and the soapies that are going to land you in trouble ultimately. It's an unfair competition. But you know why? You are not convicted that one day you will stand before Jesus and account. You are not, you are not convinced. You are not convinced that every one of the works you have done are going to be tested by fire. And they will burn. You will just escape because your name is in the book of life. So you don't have the desire to pray diligently to study the word of God to do good works. You are happy to sleep if you are not at work. You go to work, never tell anyone about Jesus, and fight with everyone. But everything you do, whether you fight with them or you speak, goes into that book of judgment, shall we stand?